You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, good morning. It's Monday, December 30th. You're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. This week I'll be recording from San Antonio where myself and a team of 24-7 sports experts have gathered for a week of All-American Bowl practices. Nation's top 2020 recruits going head-to-head all week and then they'll play Saturday. So if the audio sounds a little bit different, that's why. In the hotel room, just finished up actually an interview with Rusty Manziel of Dogs 24-7 that we're going to get to here in a minute. Rusty has covered recruiting, especially in the state of Georgia, since forever. And he has been a guy who we've leaned on here on the podcast and across the 24-7 Sports Network the last few weeks and months of the season as we sort of barreled toward this really special fiesta bowl between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who were two class of 2018 products from the same state, grew up 30 minutes apart, and I think they're going to be linked for a long time. So before we get to Rusty, before we get to the point of this podcast, which is going to be on Trevor Lawrence and the surprising, you know, breakout that he's had as a dual threat quarterback. I'm going to make a quick plea to you guys. I was at the game. I was at the Fiesta Bowl, 29 Clemson, 23 Ohio State. I resurfaced Sunday morning after what, three hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, caught a flight to San Antonio, and everything I'm seeing on Twitter, the internet talking to the 24-7 sports guys here in San Antonio, it's all about the refs. It's all about the officiating. It's all about the what-if moments. I get that that's what drives page views. That's what drives listens. That's what people want to talk about. That's what sells newspapers if people are still out there buying newspapers. I get it. And there's, you know, I, I understand the, the, the desire to have a conversation about that. My plea to everybody is that in the next few days – we can reflect and look back on how good that game was. That was one of the best college football games I've ever seen. I'd put it right up there with Texas-USC from 2005. That Texas-USC game had a ton of what-if moments, a lot of controversy, a lot of, well, if only this, if only that, a lot of plays that you could have gone back and watched in really slow motion and come out with a different outcome than what the refs did. But we don't remember that game for that. We remember that game for being an all-time accumulation of talent of NFL talent all over the field, of two great quarterbacks, top 10 picks at quarterback, and just a game for the ages. I hope we can look at Clemson, Ohio State like that. Clemson sounds 16 points. <laughs> they won. Uh, the best quarterback prospect of this generation went on a 94-yard touchdown drive to win the game. The second best quarterback prospect of this generation, Justin Fields, had a chance to do the same and very much, ha- you know, well, he was on the 25. So, this was, uh, this was an incredible game, and I, I want to talk about it. I want to break it down. I want to look forward to Clemson LSU and, and break this one down and kind of talk about the actual football-ness of this and not so much what the refs decided to do. So when I look at this game, I think one play stands out. Clemson's down 16-7. to There's one minute and 10 seconds left until halftime. And the Clemson offensive line is having a tough time with this Clemson D-line. Obviously, Chase Young is just everywhere. Uh, seeing Chase Young in person, like the TV screen does not do it justice. That guy is coming. Those dreadlocks are flying. That is a bad, bad, bad man. Anyway, Clemson knows that 
it sort of has to come up with a counter to that, and that and that's a draw. And that I was thinking the whole game would be an ETN, uh, ETN in a draw. No, Trevor Lawrence. And I mean, you guys all saw it. I'll set the stage. We don't have the audio from ESPN, but go back and watch it. Um, Chris Chris Fowler had a great call on it. Uh, he called it uh, game changing. And what of course what happens? One minute, ten seconds left on the thirty three. Trevor takes the ball, you know, drops back, passes, cuts up field. Obviously, design run play. He euro steps safety Josh Proctor about fifteen yards into the run, and then he hop steps another safety, and then Damon Arnett, Ohio State's cornerback thinks that Trevor's just headed to the sideline. And Trevor kind of stares him down, plants his left foot, and cuts it upfield to the most direct route toward the end zone. And then he outlasts linebacker Baron Browning to the end zone. Baron Browning was a five-star recruit, fast kid. 67-yard touchdown run, the longest of Trevor's career. 16 rushes in that game, 107 yards, one touchdown. Insane. Uh, if there was one weakness, and not even a weakness to Trevor Lawrence's game before the season began, it would be, well, can he do it on the ground? And he certainly can. His average this season, rushing average of five and a half yards per carry, it's better than Justin Fields. It's better than Texas's Sam Ellinger, who had Tim Tebow comparisons coming into the year. It's only .02 points behind Jalen Hurts. As Coach Dabo Sweeney said, without Trevor's legs, we don't win the game. I think one interesting thing we're about to bring in Rusty is that Clemson, and Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson, those guys look pretty different. Like, you wouldn't think those are two similar quarterbacks, but they are. And Clemson internally thinks that Trevor's just as fast as, as Deshaun one was. And the offensive attack in these really important games, in these playoff games and ACC title games, the last five years or so now, has been unleashed the quarterbacks. Let them run. Deshaun in 2015. His most rushing attempts in a season were the ACC title game. Second most were a semifinal versus OU. Third most were a close rivalry game versus South Carolina to end the season. That was a seven-point game. Fourth most rushing attempts that year were against Alabama. The next year, in 2016, the year Clemson won the national title, the most rushing attempts Deshaun had in a game was a title win versus Bama, and the fourth most were the semifinal shutout of Ohio State. Last year, Trevor Lawrence did not run it very well or effectively or much at all in the playoff. Uh, six carries for 27 yards for spam, and these are sack-adjusted numbers. Seven carries for six yards against Notre Dame. But still, more attempts really on average than he had in the regular season. But we've seen Trevor Lawrence this year run it more. If you've watched Clemson, you've noticed that he's been quite a dangerous threat on an RPO or a read option to pull that ball, untuck it from Travis Etienne's gut, take it, and with those long legs, it's six foot six, He's two strides away from 10 yards. So I'm going to bring on Rusty Menzel, who's covered Trevor since Trevor was 15, who hand-timed a, a Trevor Lawrence 40-yard dash all the way back when Trevor was 15. And we're going to talk about, does any of this surprise Rusty? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Rusty, I'm going to put you on the spot. Estimated guess, or if you had to, to kind of project it out, what are we talking about? What's Trevor Lawrence's 40? 
I mean, we can get into numbers. I think the, the biggest thing to focus on is he's fast enough. I mean, last night you saw he ran away from defensive backs when he had the open and he broke it, took it to the house. But I would, you know, being the type of athlete I saw him play summer basketball one time, I realized then the dude has some twitch to him. You know, he's 6'6", six, six, uh, always been 6'5", since I've known him since 10th grade year at least. And uh, we have a time, an unofficial time, in April of 2015 at MVP camp in Atlanta. He ran 489 at 65 and a quarter 190 but you know he doesn't really know how to run a 40 at that age you know so you look at him I don't know if the number is important as a fact of he is fast enough yeah 67 yard touchdown and I think if you hadn't watched much of Clemson or if you didn't know Trevor Lawrence the way you did in high school you would you would have been surprised but I mean you're telling me he had these athletic traits from the get-go yeah and the thing I told everybody that was going to see him you knew the big arm, you see the big body, all that. He kills you on that nine, ten yard, extend the play, move the chains, because if you play man to man against him and run everybody off, he will do exactly what Joe Burrow does, and he'll go get that nine yards on third and nine, second nine, kills you as a defense. He was saying, I saw like a post game quote, and they knew that if Ohio State was going to play the single high safety in man, like they knew, Clemson knew Trevor Lawrence would have a chance. To have enough room to get nine or ten yards. I think you juxtapose it, and you're kind of our guy for the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields stuff. And one day ESPN will rope you in on the 30 30 for 30 stuff. But you juxtapose Trevor with Justin, and Justin was the baseball player and the the true dual threat. And he is. And he probably hasn't been right uh, in the knee the last few weeks, and so his stats have been limited. But Trevor, right now, uh, I mean, 514 yards rushing on the season, five and a half yards per carry. Justin Fields, 44, 3, 3.5 yards per carry. So that's, you know, sack adjusted, but still. Yeah. I mean, I think this is like Trevor's sort of, this is like, he has no flaw at this point. Well, you looked last night and he took tough hits. He knew he had to get four yards. He knew in those zone reads. But you look at another comparison I like to look at. Look at Deshaun Watson's 2016 season, the magical year. He averaged 3.8 yards. 165 carries, he averaged 3.8 yards. Trevor's at 93 carries already. So it's not like he has a smaller sample size. It's a little bit, but not way bigger. But I'll tell you this, Trevor um, will always have that part of his game. Now, the NFL, he's not going to take those shots. He's not going to be in a zone read deal. But he will always continue to be able to extend plays. And to me, when you look at Trevor Lawrence and you look at – I've seen Joe Burrow in person this year. That is what separates those two. Big arms, smart, can extend a play. It is a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. I saw a tweet from Anna Hickey a few weeks ago that Clemson coaches were joking about, like, who's faster, Deshaun or Trevor. Yeah. And they said they might – they yeah. might think it's Trevor, sure. which is, it seems like preposterous, yeah. but I mean, watch, watching him take off for 67, he got to the sideline and he was gone. And maybe it's a long stride, you know, six foot six, almost like Vince yeah. Young. He's covers yeah. 40 yards in, yeah. you know, four minutes or four seconds. But yeah. he's, uh, do you think like he's got the long hair and he's kind of got this like sunshine vibe to him, but you said he's tough he's a and tough he can run. Kid. I think tough he's catching kid. guys by and surprise. He's a great at, I, people last night saw him like, wait a minute. Look, I tell people all the time, when's the last time you watched Clemson play? Didn't know, who nobody, has? Nobody has, all year. So it's, to me, what I saw last night, two things out of Trevor. The nation saw that he is a better athlete than people think, but when you see him come in the game, when he knew we had to make the drive, you see him talking to the offensive line on the sidelines, I knew right then, I said, the dude's about to win the game. He's done this time and time again. He looked so calm in that setting. 
We're here in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl, and we're you know, involved here in the rankings process. When you're looking at a quarterback, like, do you even want a guy anymore who can't run? It's hard to do because when you're there's the defenses are the, the defensive linemen are so fast. If they know where you're going to be, you're in trouble. If they can tee off and say, "Look, we're going to get," we talked about it earlier today off the air. Trevon Walker is one of the best athletic defensive linemen I've ever seen. The Georgia he had a Georgia defensive. He had a free shot on Joe Burrow, and he had enough athletic ability to juke him and then throw a ball 60 yards. Again, we talk about nightmares for defensive coordinators. Georgia drew up several good blitzes for Burrow. Clemson, they do the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. He gets out of the play, extends it. Next thing you know, he looks down the field, makes some great plays. All right, that's good stuff from Rusty. And just as a reminder, we're in San Antonio all week for the All-American Bowl. And two years ago, Trevor Lawrence was in this game. Three years ago, Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, J.K. Dobbins, they were all in this game. So we're going to have live on-the-scene reports. We're going to bring in Steve Wiltfong, Barton Simmons, the rest of our analysts all week to get you up to date on college football's next wave of stars. Before we sign out, got a few headlines. All-American Oklahoma wide receiver C.D. Lamb is off to the NFL. C.D. probably did not get as many targets as he would have liked in OU's semifinal loss versus LSU, but he did the most with them. One of the best receivers in college football. Uh, he should be a first-round pick. And then Texas has finally and officially announced the hiring of Ohio State passing and quarter coordinator Mike Yurchich as its new offensive coordinator. Yurchich uh, spent uh, several seasons as Mike Gundy's offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. So we'll see if he can save Tom Herman's job. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, go leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Connor Tapp, for Rusty Menzel, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.